As we think of legacy today, I want to begin by asking you to consider what is your voice? What voice will you leave? Who will hear it? What is your voice in this world? Amy and I are preaching together this fall. I have typically been looking at the Old Testament text, the Hebrew text. Amy's been looking at the gospel lesson. For today, I want to take both of those together and combine those. And then Amy is going to spend some moments in an extended prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving for some who have left specific legacies in this church. So as we bring these two together, we're looking at Moses in the Old Testament and Jesus uh, in the New Testament. I've spent some time this week wondering how Moses influenced Jesus. We're trying to read these texts together. How did Moses, who was long dead and gone when Jesus came, how did his voice influence Jesus? How did the leadership of Moses influence Jesus? What was the legacy that Moses left that Jesus picked up? Here are these two texts as I read them together. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is the opposite of Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negev, and the plain that is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zoar the entire nation of Israel today. The Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your ancestors. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. And then the Lord, then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He was buried in a land in the valley of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his burial place to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His sight was unimpaired and his vigor had not abated. The Israelites wept for Moses. Never since has there arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Interesting thoughts there about Moses, who was strong to the very end. And yet he died at the Lord's command and was buried, and nobody knows where he was buried. And yet his voice is still strong today. And from Matthew, the the gospel, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, their voice, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus said to the man, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. He kind of turned the tables. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. And he said to them, how is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can 
he be his son? And no one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did any dare to ask him any more questions. He silenced their voice as well. All these voices coming together today. You've heard the ancient story. According to the Mental Health Foundation, one in ten adults can expect to have an auditory hallucination in their lifetime. Though hearing voices does not always mean you are crazy. According to these experts, people, bear, uh, people hear voices due to stress or worry sometimes, a lack of sleep maybe, extreme hunger, a side effect of taking prescribed drugs. Voices may be the result of a traumatic life experience, and there are more serious mental health issues that can bring about voices. Conditions like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or severe depression. And in our world today, with the incessant scream of cable news, talk radio, and our ever-poisonous outlets of social media, the voices are everywhere. Sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy just trying to get some peace and quiet. You probably know folks, as I do, who, especially in the last few years, have turned bitter and afraid because of too many talking heads on 24-7 cable news and too much bombast from the one-sided radio station they listen to. They call it talk radio. They should call it hate radio. The constant rant is rotting our peace, destroying our civility. If you want to know how to silence the voices, a good place to start is to quit feeding your souls with the noise from your own little bubble. Voices of hate and fear. Just turn it off. Last summer, as I was reading the text for fall of 2023, thinking of how the Hebrew text and our gospel lesson le lessons might go together, in today's text, I heard multiple voices. There is the voice of God. The Lord said to Moses, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. I have let you see it, but you shall not cross over there. I've stood on Mount Nebo and looked across that valley. It's a beautiful sight. And Moses stood there and was able to see, but the Lord said, you shall not cross over. These are harsh, disappointing words from God, almost as if God is taunting Moses. Amy and I have this little game that we play sometimes at Christmas time. Sometimes I'll say, have you seen that bag? It's that bag that I put in that bottom drawer of my desk, you know, way back in the back. That, have you seen that bag? And she'll say, I haven't seen that bag. Why are you asking me? I said, well, there's a bag that I just put in that bottom drawer, you know, back in the back of my desk. You have to go way back there to look to find it. It's there. Don't look at it. That's your Christmas present. <laughs> That's how the voice of God might have sounded to Moses. You know that promised land I've been telling you about? You know that land flowing with milk and honey, the land you've been wandering through in this miserable desert, leading these miserable people, searching for 40 years, that land, well, here it is. You can see it, but you can't cross over. For Moses, the voice of God must have sounded disturbing, disappointing. 
So there's the voice of God in these texts, and there's the voice of Moses, the powerful voice of the great leader of Israel who met God at the burning bush, who stood up to the all-powerful Pharaoh of Egypt, who led the people across the Red Sea, who delivered the Ten Commandments, who fed the people on God's manna for 40 years, who brought them to Mount Nebo where they could finally see the prize for which they had waited for so long. And now Moses' voice, even though he was of great strength when he died, Moses' voice was now strangely silenced. Then Moses died there at the Lord's command. He was buried in a valley in the land of Moab, but no one knows his burial place to this day. Silence. God's voice. Moses' voice. And the gospel text opens with a reference to the Sadducees, that wealthy religious society that was responsible for maintaining the temple and its worship rituals. Now, I think, I think of the Sadducees a little bit like I picture some old Baptist deacons' boards, usually men who were of standing in their community, who wore the same suits to church as they did to the office, and who presided with the same strong and righteous command over all the church's appropriate functions. Now, we don't have a board of deacons at Park Road Baptist Church. We have a body of deacons who take care of one another. But if you grew up in a Southern Baptist Church like I did, you probably know what I'm talking about, the board of deacons. In several encounters with Jesus, we read that his wisdom always confronted the piety of the Sadducees, that board. And today's text begins by reminding us that in one recent encounter, the wisdom of Jesus had silenced the voices of the Sadducees. All these voices. Today's text is one of many of Jesus' encounters with the Pharisees that group of scholars of Jewish Torah who traced their heritage to the ancient scribes and sages. No one questions the devotion or the commitment of the Pharisees, and we need not assume all Pharisees were superficial and self-righteous. But Jesus often challenges their legalistic understanding of the law. They were very good at pointing out defects in keeping every jot and tittle of the law, while sometimes missing, according to Jesus, the more important, bigger picture, namely the love of neighbor. In a characteristic challenge to their view of law, Jesus twists them up using their own literalistic and legalistic logic. It's what happens when you try to make the Bible answer to your own prejudices. And when Jesus is through answering them, they too like the sad Sadducees, have lost their voice. No one was able to answer, nor did they dare ask him any more questions. All these voices, all these voices, and voices in our world today, and cutting through them all, the voice of Jesus. He was known as one who spoke with authority. When Jesus spoke, People listened. There was something about his voice that rang true. When he spoke, his words seemed to cut through all the other voices, all the noise, with a clarity that brought a reverent silence. Amid all the voices, 
one true voice. As if Jesus had been able to silence all the crazy voices around him and hear one clear voice within. David Wilcox, who sang at our recent intergenerational retreat, sings about finding that voice within. I printed the lyrics on the bulletin cover today. He says, I used to walk down every road holding out a golden key. And I would search the heart of everyone I was hoping was right for me. I was searching for a treasure to fill me deep inside. I was searching for a lifetime friend to walk right by my side. One day I grew so weary I could not take another step. I sat upon the roadside. I hung my head and wept. And suddenly I heard a voice come from deep within. And as I listened to the sound, I found I was lifted by the wind. The voice said, you've always had a treasure living deep inside your soul. And you've always had a lifetime friend. And now it's time you know that the love was only waiting for your signal to begin. But the golden key you were holding out, you were always holding in. The golden key the secret to personal peace, the hope for confidence, and all the success you will ever need. That voice is not one of the cacophony of voices demanding our time and our attention today. It is the voice of God that speaks deep within every single one of us if we can only silence the other voices and listen to it. At the center with all the noise around, there is a simple call. Love God. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. Can you hear it? I hope you heard it today. You are loved. You are forgiven. So be at peace. Jesus had silenced the voices so he could hear the voice. It's that silence and that voice that we need today. May it be so. Let me say just a little bit about legacies before we pray together. Russ has shared a bit of the legacy of Moses and the ultimate one to leave a legacy, Jesus. He wrote recently in the newsletter, if you read about a recent legacy gift we've been given from somebody that I am sure you probably have no memory of, uh, Isla Pent prince joined the church as an elderly person who lived at Marywood um, and her son Fred came with her a couple of times. Isla soon was ill and died before really anyone could get to know her. Fred maybe came to church, I don't know, maybe three or four times, had coffee with Russ one day, but Fred was not really a church person and a bit of a loner and we really lost track of Fred until his attorney called to say that he had died living alone in his home in Florida and had left the church $100,000 in his will. And you think, wow, what kind of impact did we have on him that he would remember this church? But what a, a wonderful gift and legacy that he has left, not only for himself, but for his mom, uh, who had such a short time here. So legacy, as you walk out of the sanctuary doors to the right, 
the section just as you enter those doors on your left. There's a little curved sidewalk, a bench, and some bricks with names on them. If you've not spent any time in that tiny little space, I encourage you to do so. It might not seem like much, but I did a little addition this morning with my calculator, so I know it's right. And I was kind of floored with the sum. That area that we call our legacy garden represents a little over $2 million in legacy gifts to this church. That means they left the church in their will or their family gave a financial gift in their memory. And the $2 million does not include the value of this little patch of ground upon which the church sits that was given by the original Ashcrafts, Hugh Sr. and Nell Ashcraft. So allow me to rattle off how those $2 million plus dollars have been spent, keeping in mind that the largest single legacy gift was $300,000, and the smallest was $1,000. Every single gift given out of love and faithful commitment to their church, a reminder that the amount of the gift is not what matters, for God only sees the heart of generosity, not one's bank account. In no particular order, here's how that $2 million has been spent. In a pay-it-forward campaign and a community pantry, for asylum and refugee support, for our live stream capability, for those that are watching from afar, for office equipment, for the development of that legacy garden, to build the community center, for our church's contribution to buy the buses, for the Good Samaritan Fund, which is there to help church members when they are in need for ongoing maintenance needs around the campus that are far beyond what any budget could support, the Ruth Fund for single parents, the land on which our campus sits, college scholarships, the cross that hangs in the sanctuary, chandeliers in this sanctuary, the renovation of our chapel, the sculpture garden with the hawks, for music ministry and expansion of that, for renovation of the narthex and the sanctuary. Money well spent, but more than that, more than the money, it's the legacy left in this place. It's not about the material things that money can buy, it's about the lives that were given. The wonderful poet Mary Oliver asked the best question of all at the end of her poem, The Summer's Day. What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? What is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? When I read through the names on the bricks, highlighting the lives of people that have left a part of their legacy in this place, on this place, through this place, I smile. What gifts they have given, not in any monetary sense, but with each one, each one, their own one wild and precious life 
It's those lives that make me smile. They have left their mark on us. The imprint of their names on one brick is a simple way for us to acknowledge and give thanks for the living of their days and their one wild and precious life, living on in the life of this one wild and precious church. Let us pause in prayer together now. A portion of the prayer that I offer is from Kate Bowler's blessing for the day of mourning. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give thanks this day for your beloveds, Mac Duncan, Ken Godwin, Michael Simmons, Jane and J.L. Boyd, Mary Edens, Bob Lunnon, Jim Foster, Matt Cameron, Nelson Eggleston, Ben Knott, Hugh and Nell Ashcraft, John and Ola Patterson, Wyatt and Lib Smith, Al and Jean Jones, Carson and Aline Allen, Shirley Mills, Dot Austin, Marianne Anderson, Chet Helt, Dolores Cross, Joan and Emil Milik. You alone, O oh God, know the whole of their lives, their sufferings, their joys, their hopes, their winding paths, every movement of their being. Blessed is the time they were given and the time you now have. Whether in life or in death, love is the greatest, most stubborn truth. Gracious God, for these saints of Park Road who heard your voice throughout their lives, find us today giving thanks for the lives they lived and their generosity and faithfulness to your church in this place. May their memory be a blessing to those closest to them who miss their earthly presence every single day. And may their lives continue to be honored as we seek to be your people who are called to be your presence in this world. Help us, each one, to live our own one wild and precious life with intention, in faithfulness, with generosity of spirit that we may leave our own mark in this world. And may that mark represent the way of Jesus lived out in your love. May your voice live in us as living legacies in this place. For those good saints, we give thanks. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.